Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have with me two very special guests. I have Mariana Dean and Zoe Cunningham. How are you both doing this morning? Or afternoon, I guess, for you. Hi. Thank you very much. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, I'm so yeah. glad that Beth, you know, got a hold of me and, you know, uh, asked me to interview both of you. I'm like, of course I want to. Like, that just sounds incredible. So I'm so excited to talk about, you know, your new movie, Breaking Infinity. Uh, I'm glad she sent the trailer, too. I kind of got stuck in it after a while. I was, like, kind of analyzing different things as a writer and uh, somebody that loves film. So I'm so happy that we could have both of you on today to discuss this great product that you have. So, Well, that's great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Anytime you want, you know, you got another movie or you got something that works, <laughs> you know, like you just want to talk about, you know, sci-fi or fantasy, just let me know. We got some seminars coming up uh, that we'll be inviting different people to. So if you're ever, you know, interested in that, well, we can send an email and connect again. So really excited to get this started for today, though. Perfect. All right. So we'll start with that first one there. Excuse me. Uh, what have your experiences been when it comes to filmmaking and the industry itself? It's such a big question. I know. <laughs> there is so much to say about the film industry. So my background actually is that I'm originally a computer programmer. Oh, cool. That was that was my first job. And so I've got a lot of experience in the technology industry. And then recently, in about um, 2014, I got into acting and through that into filmmaking. Oh, cool. Hence where I am now. So I've got a whole other industry to compare the film industry to. And I have to say, the technology industry makes a lot more sense. I know it can seem <laughs> crazy from the outside, but compared to the film industry, it is super straightforward. Oh, that's interesting. And how about you, Mariana? I have pretty much the similar experience to Zoe. I come from um, Southern Strategy Management background. Oh, wow. And in 2016, I kind of went into film producing and directing. Oh, cool. So um, I have similar experience to Zoe, whereby corporate world is a lot more organized and a lot more clear um, rather than the film industry. I sorry, I, I don't mean to laugh, but it's funny to me that you they both said that because my one experience, like I said before we got recording, I, I was in a a martial arts comedy and um uh, I had done the choreography for like three months. Um, the guy that was supposed to be originally doing it had to bail, end up coming back later. So I had already done everything. <laughs> so then we were both working together and I'm like, okay, whatever. I think he kind of felt like I was stepping on his toes a little bit. Um, but then once we get to the actual filming they're about to be done and then they go they called me up at like 10 30 at night to this warehouse in my hometown they're like hey we need you to come and help so i went to help and they're like we actually need you to be the main fight scene this is what you're gonna do i'm like holy moly and then after that i thought post-production you know no problem it was like a kickstarter thing it was literally six years later um that the movie actually ended up coming out and it was just so interesting because all the shots that we had figured out they went with completely different ones and post-production and I was really let down by it. I was like, wow, you know, spent all this time and energy waiting six years. And then, you know, this was the, you know, the end result. So I definitely feel that the whole process for me was just absolutely tumultuous. So it was pretty crazy. Right. And post-production can be so different depending on what, what budget you have, because yeah. we didn't have a huge amount of budget. We kind of had to rely on people's times, availability and mm. so on. So, you know, there yeah. are all these other parameters that kind of yeah. play into the game. Yeah, it gets interesting after the thing a while. that's really interesting about filmmaking is that you need so many different skill sets. So essentially, at the end of the day, it costs a lot of money to make a film. 
And sure, maybe that's props and sets and locations, but mostly it's people's time. And it's the time of very specialised people who do a lot of very different specialised jobs. So trying to spend, say, five million, which is the cost of a low budget film, just to set expectations, (laughs) (laughs) then uh, parceling out that five million is super hard and budgeting it and actually making it go far enough is super hard. So then when you imagine scaling that down um, through, uh, you know, one million, uh, quarter million, which is kind of where we are, down to um, people who are who are trying to do everything on their own or on a shoestring. Yeah, yeah. Um, you essentially have to um, find ways to get either get people to do it for free or usually like learn how to do it yourself. Yeah. So we were at this really interesting budget point where we did hire a whole load of really amazing people with really amazing skill sets. Uh, and like Mariana says, we also had to compromise on or find creative ways to yeah. get uh, special visual effects, the special effects, you know, all of the things that came together to, yeah, to make our film what it is. Well, yeah. I, and it's a long process, sorry. No, no, go right ahead. I was going to say, it's it's quite a long process. Um, if you aren't able to get as many people as you would normally do, yeah. for example, for visual effects. So we had three people working on visual effects in different countries oh. because we couldn't afford them to have to have them here. Yeah. essentially and but on a bigger budget film that you know you might have 25 people working on visual effects and therefore your visual effects can take two to three months to make um on a scale that we had whereas for us it was more of a seven months process you know going back and forth between 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 the people oh, wow. so, you know, it's just it's fascinating and it's great fun yeah. and frustrating at the same time <laughs> Well, I, I, I have to say, like, people always ask me, like, well, you didn't like the end product necessarily. I said, well, it was from a martial artist standpoint. I said, that's the thing. I said, now the the one that I was in, like, like part of, like, the movie itself was really funny. You know, it was, you know, you got out of it exactly what you thought it was going to be. Their expectations were set really well. Just for me, I was like, I would have done something different, you know. Um, but the movie itself was like really funny. Um, but the, the people I got to, so you know, people always ask me, like, oh, it wasn't a great experience. I said, I didn't say that. I said, you know, I just would have done something different. I would have picked different shots, which I helped to do. I said, but at the end of the day, it was their movie. I said, I was only there, you know, to help fulfill their vision uh, a lot like an editor, right. Uh, in terms of a book and the people though, that I got to work with, I'm glad you mentioned that there were just so many different people. I did not know that there were that many people that went into doing even like a small indie film and just to see their, you know, the, the type of production that they did, the different skills that they did, like you said, Zoe, bring to the table. I mean, it really opened my eyes to, you know, what the film industry actually does and how much work really goes into the films that I enjoy. Uh, And it really gave me a greater appreciation for, for film and television just in general. So I think that's. Yeah. And I think it's one of the, few industries that you really have to work as a team you know there isn't there are so many different skills and so many different facets um to filmmaking that you kind of have to all pull in one direction and kind of work together which is the beauty of it yeah 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 well I think it's always good too you know when you have um you know good director and producers you know who are helping to lead that charge um that was the thing I always liked you know 
to hear from different people um, in the film community where I'm from in Michigan. And, you know, you know, like a lot of people, like the people I did the film with, like they really did a lot of films and a lot of people worked with them, you know, and that experience was really great, but it was really nice, you know, to, you know, to kind of get that, that leadership, you know, and to kind of see that, oh, it is a team. Um, Cause I always thought it was kind of, you know, especially with, you know, production and post-production, I always just assumed that the team was over here and then everybody else just did their own thing later. I just didn't realize it's that's not it. That at least that wasn't my, my experience was it was literally a team effort from start to finish. And to me that made it so much cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's connected and everyone is super important. Yeah. Their own roles for sure. We became yeah. really um good friends with the, our sound effects guy. He was I mean he was absolutely the things he did, speaking of budget, the things he did and was able to do, I mean, just he went back to like some of the old school um, you know, types of sound effects and things um, from the old school, like Kung Fu serials and stuff that used to be on Saturday mornings. And yeah, he was, he was really cool. I, I, I learned a lot from him. I was like, oh, this is very interesting to see how you do this. I just assumed he was doing everything with computer, but there were some things he's like, this warehouse is a nightmare for sound. So he went and edited some stuff later. And I just assumed he was doing something from a website and he's like, you know, had like a gong or something. <laughs> he just had some weird stuff. Like, and yeah, it really made me think, oh, wow, this is very, very interesting. Yeah, it was really cool. Right. Yeah, it's incredible how much a film is is kind of fake. I mean, we know we know it's not real, right? Yeah. But you do imagine, especially now we can all film with our phones and, and you're yeah, using yeah, totally. capture that. But actually, even things like you can have it where um, there's, there's this whole area that I think you're talking about called Foley, and you have a Foley artist where it's their job to record um separate sound effects to then yeah. the film but you could even have someone walking down a corridor and then have someone record separate footsteps yeah 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 slowly afterwards and edit them in and I think that's kind of insane when you think yeah, about yeah, yeah. that's what you see and that's what makes the experience and what makes films so engaging is this attention to detail of all these tiny pieces put together yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> Yeah, I got stuck on a documentary a while back where they were doing that. I was just like, I followed this lady on TikTok that does that too. And it's just so cool to see the different things she does. And yeah, it's it's really neat. Yeah, it's interesting to see how much, you know, time and energy and just the the cool ideas that are involved. It's not just, you know, I think people still think today it's all computers. And, you know, I think there's just a lot of, you know, time and effort, like you both were saying, you know, that really goes into it. And I think it's, you know, that's why I try to explain to people. They're like, oh, I'm not gonna pay $4.99 for an indie book. I'm like, I've been working 14 years on mine. I'm like five bucks doesn't seem like that much, you know, to, to buy 14 years of somebody's time, you know? And I think the same thing with movies, you know, and my buddy and I, we, we love going to the movies, you know, it's just, it's a great experience. And I'm like, well, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. You know, I'm like the last couple we went to see were just absolutely incredible. And, you know, we had a great time and um, film for me has always been a big thing. My grandfather used to take me to movies. Like that was our thing. And we used to watch movies. So like sci-fi in particular was a, a big one for me. So when I see movies like yours, I, I know that he would really enjoy where the genre has gone today. Um, and he, that's where we would be, you know, we would be <laughs> going to see your movie or, you know, getting the DVD or something like that and watching the movie together with some popcorn. So yeah, it's definitely always been a medium that I've loved and, you know, it's nice to see, you know, great movies like yours coming out and, you know, adding to the genre. So one of the things I love about Breaking Infinity is that we've combined, because there's such a rich history of sci-fi and sci-fi movies, um, and because I suppose one of the things that was always cool about sci-fi and is cool 
going back to watch old sci-fi movies is they were looking forward but mm. in their own time yeah. and get this kind of like aesthetic of the future and what the future looks like whereas obviously we've gone through the actual time of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all these films are like oh it's so far in the future um <laughs> But yet you kind of combine this modernization and updating with this aesthetic from from classic sci-fi. Um, and that's just one of the things I love so much about our film, that it's obviously made today um, and, and projecting into the future from today. But there's also all these nods to, um, to sci-fi of the past, right? It feels like a continuum of... Yeah. Um, you know, a, a, an aesthetic that's on a continuum. It's really cool. Oh, that's really cool. Well, that's awesome. Well, speaking of the film, uh, we'll go with that second question there. So what, it, for our audience, because I've seen the trailer way too many times at this point, but what is your upcoming film, Breaking Infinity, about, and how did you come up with this premiere and premise? Uh, right, great question. So um, for us we are so i'm the producer of the film or oh, sorry i'm a producer of the film and one of the actors in the film uh, and mariana is the director of the film and also one of the producers and we got together to make a feature film project that was our goal we previously worked together uh, on short films and um, starting from back in 2016 when we made our first short film together so we actually went out um, to look for scripts from mm. other writers. Okay. So script. Um, the script was written by um, a, an LA-based writer called David Trotty. But when we read the script, we loved it. Um, and so the premise of the film is that a scientist uh, wakes up in a hospital and he can't remember how he got there. Mm. He's also seeing kind of strange anomalies in his in what's going on in his reality. Uh, he kind of jumps between being very injured and then not so injured. And the, the doctor's having none of it in terms of what's going on. And the, the film is the journey of him finding out what's happened, which is that he's invented a time machine and gone into his own time machine. Um, while his mind has kind of become unstuck from time. So he's jumping around. Oh, wow. so we saw in the trailer this kind of like he goes to this kind of ancient past with this old man and then he also goes to the future and goes back through um recent past that that you know making the time machine so he's got to kind of piece it all together while he's experiencing time out of sequence oh, wow that's really cool I, I i did like the 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 old man coming in i was like as a writer i'm like oh that's really cool <laughs> like you know and that was a very interesting um piece and i thought that that was done really well in the trailer it really got got me wondering <laughs> i showed it to my friend i was like oh my gosh i was like i i need to know what's going on here and like who this person is and this and that as a writer it's like horrible like now it, it's like everything's a mystery and I, I it must be solved so that was done really well in my opinion but I, I was just curious, like yeah. when it comes to bringing, you know, David's uh, script to life, um, you know, what sort of challenges did you find, you know, in terms of bringing that script onto the big screen? You know, because as a writer, I know that there's certain things we do, you know, in the text itself that help to make it feel real. But, you know, what were some challenges that maybe you faced trying to get that to appear on screen instead? Gosh, I mean, where do I start? Um, <laughs> the hard one. 
the script itself was pretty solid by the time we got we got it. Mm. There, were, there were just a tiny rewrites we needed to do in order to be able to shoot it. But it was in a really, really good place to start off with. And really, the, the hardest thing is always time pressure, right? Because you're on such a low budget. And actually, most of the films, no matter what the budget is, you're always out of time. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that you're always fighting for. So scheduling and time were, were real issues. Um, the locations were really, really crucial. You know, it was really important to distinguish where Liam is in his timeline. And locations were part of the story, part of part of that storytelling, so to speak. So we shot at three different locations. We mm. shot at um, a location in Suffolk called Hush House, which is this old um, jet engine. What is it, Zoe? Factory? What is it? So it's it's a disused airfield. So cool. <laughs> building that we shot in. Um, it's uh, so it it looks like a tunnel. We called it our time tunnel, oh, but it's. Cool. It's yeah, essentially it's this round um, building that they use for testing jet engines. Wow. So I did. So it's absolutely humongous. Um, and the the idea is, I guess you would take the engine in and then run it and and see if it's working or that's not. That's exactly what I used to do. Yeah, that's precisely what I used to do with the engine. And the moment I walked in, I was like, okay, that's the time travel machine. That's oh, what cool. it was really really cool. Um, and it was just so spacious and so military. You know, it had the feel of defense and military mm. um, secrecy and all that that we needed for the film, really. Um, the second location was um, a Discovery Park in Kent. And it was it, it was the hospital room, which looks really, really cool on camera, but actually was a real pain to shoot at because it was made from glass. Oh, so wow. not to where you were, there were reflections everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. to hide the crew and... It was really challenging for the sound for the boom operator to hide himself in a yeah. glass screen with one bed in it, and that's it. Um, so that was a real challenge and um, a good fun in editing, I would say. You know, we'd be like, oh, look, there's this person. Um, <laughs> try and see if you can find another shot. Um, that kind of a thing. So that, that was a real challenge. And then we shot the last location was um, in Snowdonia, which is just amazing. The views are just stunning. Um, and we had two different locations there. We had one sort of in between the mountains in a valley, which was which was great. And then we also shot at the top of the mountain, which was extremely challenging because we just couldn't carry, you know, we didn't have enough people, we didn't have enough yeah. money. So we couldn't carry anything up there. Um, so we didn't have any generators there, nothing. We kind mm. of shot. I didn't have a director's monitor, so everything, you know, I was just looking at acting, as you wow. would in the old days, I suppose, you know, just looking at a person hoping that we catch these little moments on camera yeah. and hoping that everything is in focus whilst filming because there was no way of us checking it at the time. Wow. Um, so that was quite challenging. And we had to take the, carry the bed up, um, up the mountain just to get the, these amazing wow. shows. Um, so yeah, th those were the kind of main challenges, really, um, that we kind of faced. I think the other thing that's really interesting, particularly because I know you're an author, uh, Daniel, and I know you talk to a lot of authors. And one of the things is that in a in a novel, everything is free. You know, you can write your novel set on a spaceship. You can write it set in a two bed house. But it costs the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
challenge with film is that a lot of the things that make a film or a book interesting in terms of exciting locations or explosions or car chases or aeroplane or whatever these things are, are super expensive to film. So there's a real art to screenwriting that yeah. um, you don't have in the same way with, with other forms of fiction. Yeah, yeah. Writing to a budget is extremely challenging. And that's one of the things where our, our writer, David, he has a lot of experience working in TV. And he's also been a producer on, on similar, like low budget films. So he really understood like what was possible. And he, I mean, I think the script was kind of pushing the boundaries of what was achievable on the budget, but it it was, I mean, we've made it, so it was achievable. <laughs> um, but one of the things that he wrote into the script that we did not manage to achieve was the mountain scene was actually originally written as a stone circle scene. Oh, that's cool. You no, know, um, Stonehenge, or there's actually quite a few of these um, yeah. stone circle locations around the UK. And um, we did actually go on a location hunt and we went and, and looked at them and tried to find out like which ones you could physically get the right shots in and then how you would hire them and it turns out hiring a stone circle to shoot at is very expensive. Yeah, I would assume so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you'll notice, like, in the film, there's something there's something where I think we had to change, like, something that said stone circle to be, say, stones. <laughs> you know, in these these stones in this mountain valley that we're in. Um, Anything that looked ancient would have done, basically. Yeah, yeah. But also um, even the stone circles, even though there are quite a few here and we've seen quite a few, some of them just weren't cinematic enough. You know, when you look at it and just think actually on camera, this just is not going to look amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. So we kind of the yeah, so we kind of have to weigh up what's what's worth doing, what's going to look more cinematic and how we can tell the story that's written but without the location itself, you know? Yeah. Oh, and there was one, wasn't there, where um, if you imagine kind of shooting the camera in any direction, there was like a road in this direction and there was like a pub in this direction. Like, no, no, this is supposed to be like ancient. You know, we can't have yeah. these, these things in the background, right? So, so right. Um, but again, with a bigger budget, people would probably say, oh, well, we can, in a post, we can get rid of all of this. But, yeah, we yeah. Can, you know, we were like, okay, well, this is going to eat a lot of our visual effects budget just to cover the road with something or you know it, I can't remember the the right term for it um so yeah it's a uh, mountain it was and it was worth it <laughs> it looks really good though I mean particularly like when the the first well the, when you know they first go there in the trailer um you know he's popping up and then turns and you know sees the older man I mean that that one that that shot to me I really piqued my interest um, cause I felt like, you know, oh, this is meant to be ancient, you know, like it really, I felt like that was a good change. It really hit home. I felt like that. I was like, okay, that to me was a really good location. Um, so I was interested in that location really in particular, but the other two sound really cool as well. I mean, they look really good on film to me. It seems like the hospital room would be a nightmare. Um, personally, um, just, you know, with the reflecting and stuff, I know I've had to deal with that in the past myself, um, yeah. school projects and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it turned out really well. It looks really good. Everything to me really fit the, you know, what you were trying to do 
um, you know, in terms of story, um, like the writer in me was like, Ooh, that was a really cool place with the warehouse. Um, yeah, you could immediately feel it felt like the right location. Didn't just look like the right location, if that makes okay. sense. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really I mean, we did have a very talented, uh, production design team who kind of made it look amazing. Um, and like the fa facility it needed to look. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, and the costume designer as well, right? So the old man's costume, and and the thing is about costumes. So I actually learned about this from one of my friends who is very involved in the LARP community. Oh, cool! And oh, he cool. sent me this amazing article about how we think an outfit is just like a dress or a shirt and some trousers, and how that doesn't look realistic because if you think about how we dress ourselves, yeah. all about layers, like. Yeah. I you're wearing a t-shirt and then a jumper and I'm wearing a t-shirt and then a jumper and then you know maybe you have a scarf or so actually the layering ever since I read this article I always noticed the layering of costumes and actually the old man costume is such a good case in point of it's such a detailed costume which is what then gives this amazing impression of him being from another time right and it's yeah yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the best thing about his costume is that he has this uh, stick, which yeah, yeah. I'm super jealous of. But like um, Martin, who played the, the old man, just had this amazing stick. It's so cool. Just so cool. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is. I teach history. So it is interesting, you know, when you do mention layers. Um, I have seen oh, there's this one guy on Instagram who they, they actually that's what they do is they make LARPing clothes. Um, but they try to, you know, they try to make them authentic and things like that. Um, but they they do all these Instagram videos and these TikToks on, you know, how to put your outfit together. And it's interesting that you mentioned that. I never connected that. They do do a really good job, you know, showing the different layers and things like that, particularly because, you know, of, you know, the types of um, fabric and things like that, the types of materials that they use. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. I never considered that before. That's a cool little trivia piece there. That's really neat. Yeah. But everything that's in a film helps to tell a story, right? Whether it's a prop or it doesn't really matter what it is, but everything, even the camera movements, everything just helps to tell the story and the emotion. Yeah. Well, I saw one the other day. Um, it was supposed to, it was so interesting. Like I always reference like a Knight's Tale um, with Heath Ledger and so many great actors and actresses. Love that movie. But, um, you know, they had some, interesting they mentioned angles. They had some great angles that I think were, a little bit more modern day and they use different music and things but there was a good balance i was watching um oh one tv show the other day i'm trying to think what it was now but it, it was meant to be like 13th century and whatever reason they used some very interesting um what i call more like sci-fi battle angles and it completely threw me out of the completely threw me out of the show threw me out of the story i was like really hung up i'm like why would I'm like why why would you do that there it was just my friend and i got to talk about it was a very interesting um decision making uh so i got kind of held up so i haven't gone back to it it was like episode one sort of thing but yeah the angles for me definitely are are important um you know if it doesn't feel if it doesn't fit the genre or the feel of the time period yeah it definitely can it's almost like you know you're you know, there's different things you're reading in a book right and all of a sudden they do something the author does something it throws you out uh, completely so yeah the angles for me in a movie or tv show sometimes do that depending on the time period in particular it's interesting that you mentioned that yeah. well you guys talked yeah. a little bit about characters um so i'm really interested in uh who your favorite character is in the film and maybe why that was well i can't possibly choose <laughs> That's fair. Uh, um, sorry 
for me, all of them are amazing. The, the beautiful thing I think about the film is that each character has its own arc. You know, they all have their own arc and they all have their own story um, that are good to find out. I'm talking about the main characters, obviously, not, yeah, yeah. not, not all the characters. Um, so I think that's the beauty of it, that every single character, a main character that you see on screen has their own story that is told throughout the film. But I can't choose it. Great answer. <laughs> that means it's a really good, right? If you have to pick just one and you don't like the other character, that probably means something there. Um, I think that, yeah, that, that's a really good answer. I, I didn't consider that. But how about you, Zoe? Do you have one or would you say the same thing? Well, I think that um, the protagonist of the film is is Liam, the scientist. And actually, I think he's one of the most uninteresting characters. Interesting. But for me, Liam, the role of Liam in the film is that as the, the audience, you're imagining yourself as Liam. Oh. So the more interesting characters are almost like the characters that Liam interacts with. Yeah. So the first person he meets is um, a doctor. And there's this question of, have they, they seem to work in the same building, have they met before? You know, she's very keen to not give him information that could impair his, him regaining his memories, right? She's yeah. very keen to not implant false memories. So he's got so little information from her and obviously she's in this authority position. So there's this kind of like, well, who, who is this woman? Do I trust her? Do I not trust her? Then he meets um, someone who's extremely friendly, who is his lab assistant, who's like, oh, mate, you know. And then you've obviously got this kind of like, whoa, whoa. So so are we best friends? But now I don't remember you. And, and ooh. Um, and then there's um, Carter, who is the head of the science uh, facility who right from the start is antagonistic and actually you've got this okay you're you're clearly the bad guy but actually you want the same thing that I want so we have to work together and then to like top it all off you've got this old man who's just appeared out of nowhere or rather you've appeared out of nowhere into his space oh, wow. um so yeah for me that's how I see the film is like it's all about seeing everything through Liam's eyes and I think like Mariana says all of the characters they're all very different and they all show this different facet of uh, of this experience that Liam's having oh wow that that that, that it that's a great explanation for for both of you that makes it just that much more interesting to me I always call those types of characters like Liam when it has they have those experiences like catalyst characters um I think of um Owen Wilson in Midnight in Paris like Owen's great, don't get me wrong, you know, uh, but the other actors that played, like the one guy that played Vincent Van Gogh, for instance, I thought just hit hit it through the roof. And to me, it was like, I just wanted to go with Owen to see these other characters. And his character was a great character and everything, don't get me wrong, but everybody else, you know, really, he was the, his character was the catalyst that you saw all these other different characters and, you know, the things that they were going through and it really added to the story. Um, so that's really cool to me. That that sounds really interesting. <laughs> that uh, that really excites me as a writer that, you know, because we just discussed this, uh, like I said, an uh, author and I yesterday of, you know, how how do we do that more in a book? You know, it's hard for us, you know, from that POV because we need that main character, Liam. Like we're almost limited, right? And what we're able to do in our medium. So to me, like, you know, you've been able to do that and show that on film and, 
you know, it's almost like you're able to write in a different way, um, you know, than we are, or to, you know, portray that character in a different way. And it makes us very jealous because you know, we'd like to be able to do more things like that with main characters, but, you know, we're limited with our craft at times. So, yeah, it's very mm. I also think the piece that all the characters people can relate to, you yeah. know, they're all familiar to a certain extent. We all, we all know a character in our life. We all know <laughs> a character in our life. You know, all those other characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know, so they're also familiar characters, and I think that's an important thing okay. that people can relate to. You know, if they can't relate to Ian, they'll be able to relate to Emma, or they'll be able to relate to Carter, or whoever else is in the film. Um, I think that's also really important. Yeah, yeah. We just talked about that with like um, some of the old like Flash Gordon. You know, um, me and Patrice Fitzgerald. We talked about that. Like some of the older sci-fi villains. We're like, yeah, it's great that they're evil, but like, why? Like, would they suffer? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there was just like decades of, here's your villain. They're really evil. Goodbye. And like Darth, I think what made Darth Vader so interesting, you know, or, um, oh, uh, you know, like the evil queen from Snow White and the Huntsman, you know, is that you find out that her heart was broken. And that's why she turns to this dark magic. And, you know, it, you know, just, and Darth Vader, right? Like, he's trying to save, you know, Padme and, you know, his kids, his twins. And, you know, I, I, I then you can relate to that, you know, and then you could see, right? I think it does make them more relatable because you're like, oh, I might want to do that for my loved one. Like, I can relate to that, you know, like I have a wife and son on the way. And, you know, like, I would I turn to the dark side to save them? I don't know, you know, like, I don't judge Darth Vader, you know, now as a, you know, future father in the next couple of weeks that I used to as, you know, as a younger man by myself. So I definitely think, you know, relatability, we talk about that a lot on here. And I talk a lot about that with, you know, all sorts of different writers and different mediums. And I think, you know, yeah, all your characters need to be relatable. Otherwise, you might as well just write them out. So, yeah, we talk about that a lot. Relatable and human, right? There has to be yeah. enough them. yeah yeah and i think that's hard sometimes right with like um you know for sci-fi because sometimes all your characters aren't human you know and <laughs> still, you know but you still they still need um like i always think of farscape i just i love that you know the a show and um you know you still have to i was just re-watching one of the first episodes uh for the second show that they did for sci-fi and you know it was interesting to see some of the aliens but you know they do things like chewbacca right acts in a very human way that we can relate to he he loves mm -hmm. his best friend, his best friend's kids, you know, and, um, you know, I think it, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's interesting, right? Even in sci-fi or something like that, you still need to think like, okay, my, even my alien or whoever, like still needs to have those human characteristics so that we can relate to, because your reader is human or, you know, your viewer is still human. So yeah, yeah I think it adds an interesting context to it. Yeah. yeah science fiction is particularly interesting for this, right? Because you want to create concepts that are alien yeah 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 and yet they have to be rela relatable so it's actually like how do you make this alien while still retaining aspects of hum yeah. humanity and that gives you the opportunity to do I guess what what Mariana was just saying about our film of splitting out the um the parts of humanity right oh yeah that's a good way to put it someone who i mean if you look at original i'm a bit of a star trek fan so if you look at like the original series this idea that you've got um hearts from jim kirk and you've got logic from um mr spock and then you've got friendship from mccoy and this kind of like uh different aspects of humanity and you know what they're going to do because you know what they're portraying and what they're adding to the story yeah yeah that's super cool Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, that's a great answer. Um, 
yeah, you got me really thinking about characters, personality, relatability now. So this <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> is why I interview people because the writer in me, I, you know, I always, I always get something out of people's answers and ends up, um, yeah, really adding to what I do later. And it's nice to talk to other creators because, you know, it's like, it's like teachers. Like I like to talk to other history teachers because that's what we do, you know, and, you know, in everyday life, sometimes it's hard to, you know, to talk to different people and you're like, oh, I got this really cool idea or, you know, or maybe you two, right? Or like, oh, this is a really cool angle, or maybe this is the way, you know, we could show this character and this motivation on film, you know? And uh, I think, you know, talking to people in your craft, it's a lot different than talking to people outside of, you know, because they're just like, oh, cool, you you solved that little problem you were having. You're like, no, it was actually a really big deal, you know? And not everybody, <laughs> you know is able to be situated now, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Well, cool. Uh, so we're wrapping up on time a little bit, but I definitely want to get um, to these last two. Um, so we kind of covered quite a few of the questions already, but this one and for me is a really big one, like I said, as a creator. Uh, but what is it about filmmaking or this industry that inspires you two the most from project to project? Well, for me, it's it's a story, really. I just want to tell stories and it needs to be a story like we already, I guess, said that has characters that we can relate to. Um, that's really where I come from. I love the fact that we're both answering questions here because Marianne is such a grown up <laughs> and I'm like a five year old. So I like my five year old answer, which is I. so I'm predominantly an actor and I get involved in making films so that I can act in them. And for me, acting is just like really well-funded LARP. So all experience is you get to have a character, you get to play different characters, you get to live other lives, or it's, it's like um, playing dress up and make-believe when you're a child, right? So one day you can be a doctor, the next day you can be like a mystic, you, you know, you can be an alien, you can be all of these have all of these different experiences that you wouldn't get to have in your in your own life um and I suppose for me like as a kind of sci-fi fantasy fan that's where being involved in those kind of projects I think you have the largest scope for um for yeah experiencing something really different and changing the way you see it yourself so one of the things, talking about characters being relatable, this is even more true uh, if you're an actor. Because as an, I, what people have lots of different theories of acting, but I think that essentially you're trying to convey a truthful human experience mm. in whatever it is that you're doing. And that's the ultimate goal of acting. And there's different ways of getting there. Um, but starting from that point of view, that means you're kind of trying to like live in the moment or live in the story of what's um, uh, of what's going on. I've totally lost my train of thought now. I'm so excited. I don't know, but I was excited by your answer. I was. Yes, I was like, like that's a really good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think ultimately we want to entertain people. Yeah. I think that's where we ultimately come from, right? We want to tell stories and entertain people. And for me, it's through directing, um, just because I, I just love working with people. Um, and in directing, you kind of get to tap into your creative side, but also your people management side, which is really lovely. Yeah, yeah. So it's a combination of both. 
Um, but I think as an ultimate picture, we want to entertain people. We want to make films that people will either laugh at or cry at or, you know, whatever emotion they may experience, but that they will connect with. Um, yeah. And be entertained for those for an hour and a half, two hours in a cinema or at home or wherever it may be. I think that's really the ultimate goal um, for me, for sure. And I think for you, Zoe, probably as a producer as well. Mm. Well, what Mariana's really good at doing is holding this vision in her head of the overall project, right? Because we've talked about how complex film is, different parts there are, and how actually you have to not just have all those different parts being amazing, but you have to put them together in the right way, right um, outcome. You can actually have loads of individual, amazing individual shots, but unless they come together when they're edited you won't have a great film and you'll have the kind of film you were talking about earlier where the audience are constantly thrown out of it going well why is that just happened or why is that like that or why is that there so what I think Mariana does amazingly is not just holding this vision but then tying all the details and bringing all the details together and all the people together um to to produce this into a um into a final product. And I have to say that I feel as a producer, I go, oh, let's make a film, that'll be really neat. (laughs) Then I know that it's Mariana who's gonna pull all these details together and turn it into, because you can read a script and you can get an idea. You know, we've, we've all got imagination, get an idea from reading a script, but translating that into a film, well, is really hard. Is really really hard so I suppose again I'm a little bit like oh this will be neat this would be neat if it's a film and then you know be neat if I get to like put on a white coat and pretend to be a doctor for a bit and then, boom, here we are we've got a film it's amazing yeah oh. thank you Zoe very uh, kind words yeah that was a great answer by both of you um yeah that's I, I had not thought of that um I've had that problem recently with a story where I'm like, okay, you don't go here. I'm like, this scene goes here. And I think that was ultimately what paused me for about a year because I'm like, I know I have great scenes, but I wasn't able to put them together. And, you know, I had to cut and paste a lot of things. And just recently, every all the puzzle pieces started to kind of sift and fit. And I'm like, okay, this makes more of a continuum. So I definitely know that feeling. It is, it's hard to do in a book by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You have to do it. From your I have story. huge, huge <laughs> respect for writers. I couldn't write. It's a really hard craft, so I have huge respect. But also, I think the beauty is when you're making a film, you know, no matter what the script is, Zoe and I would, for example, before we even start shooting, we will we will work through it. We will talk through it in, in great detail as to what kind of works, what doesn't work. Sometimes I'll read a script and I go, like, actually, this scene and this scene don't quite link for me. Um, or Zoe might do the same with hers and go actually from an acting point of view this doesn't quite make sense you know and then we discuss it and we come up with a solution that we think works so it's all about it's all about working together and certainly not being proud um, of, of, of doing something wrong because nobody's perfect right and we're here to make one thing together and support each other and, and create something magical so you kind of have to take other people's opinions on um on board and whatnot because they're the experts you're hiring them because they're the experts so you have to take their opinion um on board really and i think that's the beauty of filmmaking where everybody just just chips in and it's everybody's creation you can't i couldn't make a film on my own 
you know, there is no way I could ever make a film on my own with a camera, with actors. It just doesn't work like that. You need other people there um, to help you. And I think that's brilliant. You know, I love it. Yeah, I think, again, it just comes back to that teamwork mentality, right? Like, which I think is what, as a writer, why I like film so much, because, you know, and like, which is why I, I do this, because I talk to different writers and, um, you know, I'd love to have a co-author sometime. Um, you know, I'd love to, I wrote a, a couple of screenplays back in the day. Um, you know, I'd like to, to do that again and even just do, you know, some little stuff around here. Um, but just to work with other people again, that was the one thing I missed about the movie was like the crew would be like, Hey, we're going to go here and do this, or we're going to be here and filming this, or, Hey, we need to go and discuss, you know, how, you know, this scene works out. Like I really missed the camaraderie that came with it. It was just, it was really fun to, you know, for like three and a half months, you know, to, to get in that with people. And I kind of missed that with the post-production because like, you know, you both were saying earlier, you know, that's, you know, was kind of a separate thing. And that's really where for them, like more length of time, you know, uh, was and energy was put into it, I feel like. Um, but, you know, I was I, I didn't do that. You know, I wasn't part of that. So I think, um, you know, as a writer, I'm like, it gets really lonely down here in the cave, you know, and this is where I this is where I do my thing, you know, but for film, I just I get so jealous that, you know, uh, the last couple we went, we just, you know, stayed for the end credits, you know, just to really see how many people you know, we're really, you know, involved. And now it's kind of cool because I know some people, you know, who are in some of these post-production companies, you know, and have done the art or, you know, the costuming or something like that. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of cool to have social media friends, you know, that you see, you're like, oh, that's, you know, so-and-so's company. Um, so it gets really cool, but kind of jealous as a writer, you know, that you guys get to work together, you know. Um, you do. Although in post-production, you're not really working with any actors anymore or anybody yeah, else. Yeah. There's a mis big misconception, I think, in the filmmaking where people think what you film is what you're going to have in a film. And yes, it's true, yeah. obviously. But actually, the story is made in editing, you know, because when you edit film according to the script, sometimes it just doesn't work for whatever yeah. reason. You know, it makes sense in your head, it makes sense in paper and everything else. But once you once you then see it and you're like, oh, actually, so if we swap these two scenes, that might feel better or quicker or whatever it may be. So a lot of storytelling actually happens in post-production in editing yeah. um, for me, for sure. And I think other directors would agree with that um, because that's where you get to play. And that's where you also find out what's missing. What do we not have? What did we not hit? It didn't happen in our film, luckily, because we just didn't have to go and reshoot. But it certainly happens a lot in TV, for example. You know, when I do TV, sometimes they go like, oh, okay, this is great, but actually they're missing that one beat. Let's just go and shoot that scene now. Somebody will write it and we'll go and shoot it. So it's it, it's really where the magic happens. Um, mm. Everything's in post-production. Um, but that's not to say, obviously, that filming isn't important or any other part. Everything is important. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have to be as prepared as you possibly can in order to shoot uh, quickly, efficiently, and get what you actually want. But uh, really, the storytelling, that's all post-production to me. Which is also you know, it's always interesting to see different directors, you know, talk about, for me as a writer, to talk about that and producers talk about, you know, we took this scene out because it didn't work. Or, you know, I love watching one, like, you know, like the movie and then seeing those scenes and, you know, but really I like hearing, you know, like your take, like, we took this out because of this reason or we changed this because of this. Uh, as a storyteller, to me, that just, it's more interesting um, you know, even sometimes then depending on what the scene you cut out was, you know, it's more interesting to me that you cut it out and why you cut it out to 
you know, to make that better story. It's, but sometimes it's, it's not cutting out. So for example, in Breaking Infinity, we have montage sequences and they were amazing on paper. Um, you know, when we read it, they were amazing. But when I saw it, I was like, actually, we, I think we can make it even better. You yeah. know, we can just do this and this and this to make it more rich and, you know, make it a lot better and have a lot more impact to what we're seeing. So those things also, you know, happen. You don't, it, it's not necessarily cutting it out or changing yeah. things, adding to it as well with um, through form of editing. Yeah. Well, that's really neat. <laughs> Got me thinking a lot here today. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, well, we'll go with that last one. Uh, when can we expect the release date uh, of Breaking Infinity and where will our audience uh, be able to watch the movie? So we, the, we're still <laughs> at the end of the, um, I guess, third phase of the film. I feel like we had, well, we had pre-production of setting everything up to shoot. You've got production, which is actually getting on set and filming which is the part everyone thinks of as as making them. Then we've got post-production, which we're just talking about is such a long um, process. And now I feel we're at the start of getting the film out there, mm. of marketing the film and making sure people know about the film, eventually getting it into the places where people can watch it. Um, but what we expect <laughs> to happen... Don't worry, our tomorrow. audience is used to it, don't worry, because... Yeah. <laughs> all the authors just, like they're just used to showing up whenever you know whenever it's time so <laughs> well we're targeting uh, a release in may oh cool um at which point the film will be available on all of the online platforms that we can get onto so hopefully it will not just be like you can only watch it on amazon or you could only watch it on apple we're gonna get it onto as many different online platforms as we can and there will be the uk Yes, we could have different release dates in different countries. That's true, which is oh, a yeah, true. complex yeah. factor about how yeah. Online, yeah, you don't true. actually, you'd think you put it online and then it's available everywhere, but it yeah. doesn't. So, yeah, this is the UK and then there'll be limited cinema releases as well. And then, yeah, possibly we'll try and time it similarly in the US, but we would definitely love to keep you updated so that you can keep the oh, people yeah watching updated because we are super keen for everyone to watch this film and it is a film for you know real sci-fi aficionados it's not just a like sci-fi's kind of got quite trendy now recently and I yeah, think yeah, yeah. a lot of people like flicking through going yeah I'll watch a bit of sci-fi for from my perspective this is not really like an entry-level sci-fi film this is like for people who want to think when they watch a film and they want to be engaged in that kind of like working out what is going on. Um, so yeah, so I'm very keen that people exactly like the people listening to this podcast <laughs> get to hear about it and and get to watch it. That's cool. Well, we're, we're going to do, um, we talked about um, doing a release party for it um, once we're able to see it. So we're trying to do quite a few things. Um, I say this, and then my poor best friend's my tech guy, and then he has to figure. I come up with the idea, and he has to figure out all the uh, <laughs> how to do it. So yeah, that's why I buy him a lot of books. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and fun things, uh, fun geek things, um, and send to him. But um, yeah, so we had talked about doing, um, you know, like once you know it had released, um, you know, and then particularly you know once we were to get it online, um, to do like a release party. 
um, kind of leading up to that and, you know, trying to do some promotional things and stuff like that for you guys. Um, we were talking about, you know, trying to do some giveaways and things like that. We got like mugs and different things like that for the podcast, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. merchandise and stuff. So um, if you guys have anything you want to send us or whatever, well, we can just put it in the bundle or whatever. Um, yeah. So we're really hoping, you know, to get the views up and stuff like that. We got a pretty big following in the UK. So we're hoping, you know, that, you know, that helps as well. Um, but yeah, if there's anything else, you know, that, you know, I can do or we can do, we have a lot of things that are that he has said that I can do and that are possible. Um, we have a lot of things um, kind of locked and loaded for the new year. So we're really hoping um, that some of the groundwork that we've done really helps us with some traction on some different uh, media outlets. Uh, and we have some different advertising and things going up as well. Uh, so we're really hoping to rev up from now, um, which is ironically um, from now before, you know, the movie will be released. So yeah, just let us know. And, you know, we'll keep each other updated and we'll help, you know, get the word out any way we can. And if there's anything else we can do, you know, in the meantime or after, um, you know, just let us know, you know, we'd love to have you guys back. I have a couple other guests, you know, that would love to come on, you know, and ask you guys some questions. Um, but yeah, if you want to bring any actors or, you know, special effects, send anybody my way. I, I work most <laughs> either listeners or referrals. So I, yeah, if they, you know, love fantasy, sci-fi or horror, you know, send them my way and, you know, we'd be more than happy to get you guys on and we'll talk about whatever projects you have worked on in the past or this one or new ones. But yeah, if there's anything we can do at all, just let me know and be more than happy to help you out. Amazing. That's Thank it. you so much. I guess the other milestone coming up, because obviously you've, you've mentioned that you watched the trailer already. Oh, so yeah. we're having the public release of the trailer in January. Oh, cool. It's so like the first, the first, time the film or parts of the film will be out there for people to watch uh so that's quite exciting and obviously if anyone wants to ask us questions we love answering questions about the film and we've been sharing some snippets of other interviews that we've done um with the past uh on our social media and our social media is all uh at breaking infinity except that i think one of them that was too long for so one of them is at breaking infinite because that was as much as was allowed. Oh, so Twitter and there. Is that Twitter? Is that Twitter? Okay, cool. Yeah, I think Breaking Infinity is at Breaking Infinity Film. Is it at Breaking Infinity? How do I see this? So so our website, this is probably the easiest, is to go to our, our website, which is Breaking um, Infinity Film. Oh, oh. Yeah. And then there'll be links on there to all of the social media, but also just searching break. We're the only breaking infinity. Like if you search. Oh, we'll, on we'll actually, sorry, I failed to mention it before I get recorded. We'll actually be putting all of those sites and anything that you guys have. Is it, is it, can I do that? Is it? Down yeah, there? it'll be in the description. So <laughs> and uh, most people have been with us for a while. So they know that, yeah, YouTube is in the description. Um, so you can actually um, click on those links just to remind our audience, or if you're new, um, anywhere where this video or audio can be found, you can always do that for any of our authors, artists, directors, producers, things like that. Um, yeah, so everything's in the description. Uh, makes it nice and easy for people, just one click away uh, from, you know, seeing some really good material. But yeah, we'll put all that in there for you. So no big deal there. I definitely know the feeling though, because I got cut off on quite a few things. Um, people are always like, why, do, why are you like an acronym on Twitter? I'm like, well, the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast is too long of a handle for Twitter. So I had to do that on a few things. And sometimes it's hard for people to find me uh, because of that. So I definitely, definitely know that feeling. But, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, um, cool. Well, 
I'm really excited. I was telling my friend, I made him sign a non-disclosure agreement and I made him watch it on my phone with me. <laughs> and I, um, I was like, I kept teasing him. I was like, I swear to God. I was like, if you blow this up for any of us, I was like, I'll have you in court till, you know, till the time my son goes to college. Um, but yeah, he was like, oh, he helps me with all this stuff. He was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, I know he'll be really interested in watching this interview and um, he's going to help me with the release party and stuff. So it'll be really fun. Amazing. And when the trail is is out, if you would be so kind and share it, that would be Oh, amazing. we're, we're going to go. Yeah, we're going to go all over with it. We're actually going to be doing, um, what did he say? My other friend, my tech guy, he said he's got a couple of things. Oh, we're actually, um, we're doing um, free parking spots on our website, um, on my author site. So we put everything there. So um, I'll be asking Beth for just a, a little information for both of you. That way we can give you your own. Um, so we're doing that for everybody that's been on who have been alumni of the podcast. Um, so they'll actually be able to go right there. And we're actually putting that on the main page as well. Um, so once the trailer drops, it'll actually be right down um, after our introduction right on the main page. So he's gonna, he's already got us covered. So yeah, just send that to me or have Beth send it to me or whoever. And We'll get it all over. We'll plaster it anywhere we can. Get a billboard in Thank town. You so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, anything we can do at all, you just let me know. But you know, we're we're really my team's really excited for the movie, and we're really excited to have a little party for you guys. And maybe we we were talking about maybe doing. I want to be at that party. I know. Well, we talked about doing a live event. We talked about you know getting your you know the different time zones involved in doing like a live event for it, um, which is again part of his thing, not mine. Um, but once we have gotten those details figured out, um, we'll definitely do that for you guys. If you guys wanted to do one, you know, on like a Saturday or something, um, you know, for the release publicly of the trailer, we could do that too. And then also do that for, you know, the movie as well. Um, once it releases and, you know, once people can, you know, find that in different platforms. Um, but yeah, that's something, you know, we can talk about in the next couple of weeks and months and, you know, we'll, we're, we're more than happy to do that. Anything we can do to get more fantasy and sci-fi out there, that's that's our main goal. So, yeah, if there's anything like that that you'd be interested in, just let me know and we'll help you out as best we can. So That's fantastic. Right. Thank you so much. More yeah. science fiction and fantasy for the world. I love it. <laughs> it's the best, so we try and do our best. But, <laughs> yeah. Thank well, you. thank you so much, Mariana and Zoe. It was a real pleasure. Um, like I said, if there's anything else we can do, let me know. But uh, other than that, you know, we look forward to helping you any way we can. And, you know, I will be sending Beth a couple of follow-up emails. But other than that, you know, good luck with everything. Um, you know, we're really... My team and I are really excited about this movie and looks incredible and looks like an amazing product and we're excited to watch it. So thank you so much. And thank you for having us. Yeah. Anytime, anytime you want to come back or bring the crew or whoever, send anybody my way, you know, you guys are more than welcome. We love returning guests. We've had quite a few and um, you know, people always love hearing what you guys have to say, you know, as creators. So anytime you want to come back, you just shoot me an email. Even if we want to do another one that's closer to the, you know, release date or even right after, see how things are going. Just, you know, shoot me an email and we'll get it going for you. Perfect. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. No problem. Well, you two have a great rest of the day and we will talk Thank to you. you. Thank you so All much. Right, take care. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye.